Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. Good morning again. It is the day of forgiveness here at My Faith Radio. Uh, We've got lots of resources posted for you at MyFaithRadio.com. Invitation for you to consider um, asking the Lord to forgive you, going before um, the throne of God's grace and mercy and confessing your sins, relying upon the grace of God in Jesus Christ that you could live forgiven and free, forgiven and free. Should I think about that for just a moment? What would it feel like? What would your life be like if you um, chose today to turn to God in his mercy and in his grace and ask that he would forgive you? Confess your sins. God is faithful and just to forgive, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, to make us new, that we can live in a reconciled relationship with him, substantially healed relationship with God, and then have the possibility of, uh, of a substantially healed relationship with ourselves. And then, yes, in turn, substantially healed relationships, reconciliation with others. That's the power of forgiveness. That is, um, that's the conversation we're having today. So thank you for joining um, in it. I want you to consider forgiving a hurt that can't be relieved, forgiving a debt that can't be repaid, forgiving a word that can't be unsaid. Forgiving a deed that can't be undone, forgiving a wound that is not going to heal without the mercy and the grace of real substantial forgiveness. Today is the day of forgiveness here at Faith Radio. We're going to talk in just a moment with Dr. Linda Mental about what it means to forgive, why it's important to forgive, and how we can choose to forgive. Um, First, let me tell you a quick story. One morning in Dakula, Georgia... Matt Swazell was driving home from a 24-hour shift as a firefighter and EMS um, worker. He'd had 30 minutes of sleep in that 24-hour shift. He was just four miles from his house on October the 2nd, 2006. That's when he heard what he calls the most God-awful sound I've ever heard. He was 20 years old, and he had fallen asleep at the wheel. He'd crossed the center line, and he had crashed head-on into another vehicle. In that vehicle was 30-year-old June Fitzgerald. She was pregnant, and her 19-month-old daughter, Faith, was in the car. Faith was the only survivor from that vehicle. Both June and her unborn child died. Enter into the story, Eric Fitzgerald, husband of June, daddy of Faith. Also, a student ministry pastor in the community. How could he forgive? And how could he not forgive? We'll come back to the rest of that story in just a moment. 
Up now, Dr. Linda Mental. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about unforgiveness. And we're going to talk about how to choose forgiveness. This is the Day of Forgiveness on Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. And uh, my producer, Paul, um, hey, we forgive, forgive you. me. We forgive you. <laughs> we, there's a whole new technology that we're learning here. And um, sometimes the technology gets the better of us. So, yes, it does. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. Or there's people listening who thought the music mashup is kind of a new thing. It, it's a mess. <laughs> I would imagine you, that was a mess. You, you are forgiven. <laughs> All right. You. Dr. Linda Mental is here this morning back with us on this Forgiveness Day or Day of Forgiveness here at Faith Radio. Um, actually, if you go to MyFaithRadio.com and check out the Dr. Linda Mental show, um, you are going to find a really excellent post on the topic of choosing to forgive. I want to highlight that for you as one of um, the important resources available on this topic at MyFaithRadio.com. Linda, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be there. And, and just thank Paul for helping to set it up so that you could show everybody that you forgave very quickly and very easily. Way to go. Oh, yeah. When it comes to Paul, my forgiveness is fast because I literally could not do what I do without him. Right. Uh, there's I an mean, ulterior there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Generally, I am human. So um, let, let's uh, let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about unforgiveness. Um, I want to get to the resource that's posted at MyFaithRadio.com, Choosing to Forgive. But I'd like okay. to um, start with um, your, your book on the topic, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness, A Biblical Strategy to Conquer Destructive Reactions, um, which people can find at drlindamental.com. Talk about what is unforgiveness, what does it do to us, and then we'll get to a conversation about how we could be- break free from unforgiveness. Well, unforgiveness is very destructive in so many ways to not only your physical body, but your emotional uh, feelings, your ability to be with other people. It just creates a lot of blockage in your life and it gets you stuck and you find yourself often ruminating on a lot of negative thoughts which then affect your emotions and then you don't behave in ways that are often consistent with maybe what your principles might be especially if you have if you're a christian so it's not something that you can let linger it is a you know it is difficult as you've probably been talking about uh, to forgive somebody when you've been deeply, deeply hurt, and especially when the motive of that person is to hurt you on purpose. That's even harder, I think, when you know that it was purposeful, it was hurtful. I think we have a lot of practice daily, if we look at social media, on the very hurtful things that are said. And if you've ever been sort of the victim of a mob of people getting on you for something that you said that you didn't think was you know, inappropriate in any way, but they come after you. It's it's difficult sometimes to take that personal side out and say, okay, if I don't forgive, it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt uh, a lot of, you know, the way that I move forward in my life, I'm going to get stuck. And one of the very first books I wrote was called Getting Unstuck. And part of that was dealing with this very powerful motion of anger that comes when we've been hurt or wounded, or there's an injustice. 
and then figuring out what do we do with that. And one of the responses that we're encouraging is to forgive, even when you don't feel like it, um, Carmen. I'm sure you've talked about that. You know, it's interesting, Carmen, I have a I have a study going on right now with university students in which they were given a forgiveness challenge. And at the beginning of the semester, they were to pick one thing that they needed to forgive somebody for. Something, it could be anything. We didn't didn't specify what it needed to be, how deep or how surfacey or whatever. It was just something that they really struggled with. And then all semester long, they're working through modules and self-reflection, applying a Christian um, view to forgiveness and seeing what happens. And we don't have the data yet, but uh, we know that this is going to be a powerful experience. And it's based on the works of Dr. Robert Enright. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he is one of the leading experts in the forgiveness research. And he's uh, he has a, a huge Templeton grant. He's working now internationally with grade school students overseas. He's working with Protestants and Catholics and the divide that has been there. He's working with Israelis and Arabs and the divide that is there. And he really believes that this moral virtue of forgiveness is key to all a lot of the issues that we're even facing in our culture today. And yet many of us know and may have seen the piece that Tim Keller wrote a while back called The Fading of Forgiveness, because we're losing this moral virtue, which is so essential. When you forgive, it it helps you with depression, with anxiety, with unhealthy anger, and even the symptoms of PTSD. We have lots and lots of studies that show that there is huge, huge benefit to you if you practice the virtue of forgiveness. So we have lots of questions from listeners this morning, Linda, about um, forgiveness. And one of the questions that I think comes up quite frequently and is difficult to answer um, is the the call to forgive or do I forgive or what's what's the Christian answer to the question? You know, I have this person in my life who keeps sinning against me over and over and over again. Yeah, that's why Jesus said we have to do it all multiple times. <laughs> so he knew that, right? He knew that. Let me give you a definition. Let me give you the definition that Dr. Enright uses, because I think it really helps us if we consider this definition. He says that interpersonal forgiveness is a willingness to abandon one's right to resentment, negative judgment, and indifferent behavior towards one who unjustly injured us. Now listen to that. It's the willingness to abandon that. So the whole definition is, hey, this person may deserve it. They may deserve your revenge or your anger or your you know, response that is, is not very kind because they did something to you. But he says forgiveness is your willingness to abandon that. And then he says, while fostering the undeserved qualities of compassion, generosity, and even love towards him or her. Now that's a process. And he gives four stages. If you want to talk about that at some point, we can. Four stages of how you go through that process. But when somebody continues to hurt you, the Christian response to that is to abandon your right to, you know, to hold that person in judgment, but to do what Christ taught us to do, which is to forgive that person over and over. And that question was asked to Jesus, like, how many times? How often do I have to keep doing this? 
And the answer is every time it happens. So it's not an easy process. I'm sure you've been saying that all through this this uh, talk topic on forgiveness, but it is something that we are commanded to do. And that doesn't mean it's easy. Nobody mm-hmm. feels like forgiving somebody when there's such an injustice. But part of the issue I really want people to think about is when you choose to do it, it really is a gift that you give to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to you unstuck and get you moving in towards healing and in the right direction. We're going to continue our conversation about forgiveness. What is forgiveness and choosing to forgive with Dr. Linda Mental here on the Day of Forgiveness at My Faith Radio. We'll be right back. Because we all make mistakes sometimes, and we've all stepped across that line. But nothing sweeter than the day we find. We're talking with Dr. Linda Mental on the topic of forgiveness. This is the Day of Forgiveness here at Faith Radio. Lots of resources posted at MyFaithRadio.com, including um, a show uh, by Linda Mental uh, featuring uh, Dr. Linda Mental choosing to forgive and related resources related to that. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is not about what people deserve. Forgiveness does not mean you condone what a person did. Forgiveness is an individual act It's commanded by Christ. It's not an option. It improves your physical health. It's a door to reconciliation. Forgiveness is ongoing. Forgiveness goes against our natural instincts to get revenge um, or even the score. And forgiveness means leaving our case in the hands of God. All of that uh, today at MyFaithRadio.com. Linda, I want um, want to give you an opportunity to unpack the four things that you uh, teased up um, in, in the earlier part of this conversation in terms of forgiveness. Yeah, very, very important to understand it's a process because, uh, you know, I have gone through this myself. I had an, uh, an occasion where I was very betrayed by somebody uh, publicly, uh, somebody well-known, which makes it even more difficult sometimes. And you watch this person continue to be in ministry, knowing that there was this uh, injustice that was done. And so I really searched for, this is how I got involved and found the research of Dr. Enright is because I thought, okay, I'm raised in the faith. I know it's a command. I know I have to do this. I know it has benefits, but honestly, I just don't feel like it um, because of how much it hurt. And so the process that he goes through was so helpful to me. The first stage of that is just really, unco- it's called the uncovering stage. And this is where you you realize how you've been affected by the offense. And you're thinking about what happened. You're sort of gathering the information in your head. It's where you realize, wow, this has really affected me. It continues to affect me. This is what happened. So it's a little bit of a, a gathering of an information and understanding how much you've been affected by that. Then the next stage is the one that we can do intellectually. It's the decision phase. And this is where you make that decision. Um, You understand that if I don't do this, it's going to have very negative effects towards me. And so what, what is it I need to do? I need to make that decision to let go. And then I need to start thinking about, well, what's blocking me from doing that? And that goes into that third phase, Carmen, where we really have to do the work. It's called the working phase because so much of it is dealing with our emotional reactions, trying to be empathetic and compassionate to others, understanding people make mistakes, people aren't always perfect, even people in ministry have lots and lots of issues uh, that sometimes impact the way that they deal with us. 
And so this is the part that just cannot be rushed. You have to work through it. And it's the hardest part of the work because once you make the de decision, you still have to deal with those emotional feelings that overcoming those negative feelings that you've had to, to you know, stop your thoughts and examine your thoughts because your thoughts often trigger that strong emotion of anger or injustice. And But when you really work through that emotional process and you take the time to do that, you begin then to have a bit of a feeling for the other person. And I'm going to say that this work is so important because this is what's missing in cancel culture. You know, people make mistakes, and then they just cancel them. And that's it. You don't you don't go back. You don't consider doing this type of work. But that very last phase is what's called the deepening phase of forgiveness work, when where we feel that release and it gives meaning and importance. And we understand that sometimes we suffer in this life because people don't treat us right. They don't do, uh, as the promo said, what's fair. They don't do what's fair to us. There's an injustice that's sometimes done. And you don't have to have an apology in this phase to, to deepen your forgiveness, because if you wait for that, you may never get that. But when you deepen this, this work, it moves you out of resentment, out of bitterness, to the place where the person who harmed you no longer has that power over you. And that was what was so freeing for me. As I did the emotional work, as I, I gave it to the Lord, I worked through my emotions, I yelled, I screamed, I talked to the Lord, I cried, I did all those things that we do when we're doing emotional work. You know, I felt like, okay, I'm finally releasing this. And this person doesn't have power over me anymore. And that was so freeing to me. I mean, the fence was real, right? But you're choosing to not let it steal your joy anymore. And you you realize, I can't change what happened, but I definitely have control over how I respond to it. And that response is the one that, first of all, Christ wants me to have. And as I do the work, it does deepen an empathy and a compassion for other people. And I, I have to say, it was years but in the most unsuspected time, and in a way I never anticipated, this person actually came to me and talked about what they had done to hurt me. And by that time, I had worked it through, and I was able to see that person very differently and obviously accept that forgiveness um, that they were asking for and move forward. So just know that this isn't an easy task when people say, hey, you have to do this. Well, yes, we do, but we have to do it through a process usually, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of conversation on the text line about um, boundaries and the need to guard our heart and knowing who we are in Christ. Lots of really great input. Thank you, um, each and every person, for texting in. The boundaries conversation is an important and an essential one. Um, the conversation about choosing to not be offended and not take offense is a huge one. Um, and and where forgiveness starts, I think you'll uh You'll appreciate this testimony, this listener testimony, Linda, this uh, friend in Des Moines says, um, the first step in forgiveness is taking it to God. I was deeply hurt and needed God to provide um, the the desire to forgive. In my heartiness, I couldn't do it. I needed the Lord's help to change my heart. And he did it. Yeah. Praise and glory to God. Sometimes I think we can decide but when it is uh, it is in there so deep and, and what we feel, only the power of God can bring about what is needed in our hearts. Well, amen, amen, and amen. Linda, thank you so much for reflecting with us on this day of forgiveness on such a, a huge topic. 
encourage you guys to check out uh, drlindamental.com. The Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness book is just excellent. She's got um, she's got materials there um, related to this topic and the topic the this related topic of boundaries that so many of you are bringing up as well. And then at myfaithradio.com, if you check out the Dr. Linda Mental Show, you can find the resource Choosing to Forgive. This is the day of forgiveness. This is My Faith Radio. Is there a day in your life that feels like yesterday? Doesn't really matter how long ago it was. A day that feels like it was just yesterday. You can you can be transported back to a moment in time because that day is a hinge. It's a day that you can you you, you it changed everything. So June 17, 2015. You remember what happened that day? Is that a yesterday? That was just yesterday day for you? Because that's the date that's always yesterday for Chris Singleton. His mom, um, Sharonda Singleton, was at a Bible study at her church, Emmanuel, Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Raised her son in the faith. Chris was 18 at the time. Sharonda and others were gathered in Bible study, and at the end of that Bible study, a young man who had been sitting with them pulled out a gun and killed Sharonda and eight other people. How do you live with that? How do you forgive that? And what happens to your heart and your life if you don't? Chris Singleton joins us next to share his story on this day of forgiveness. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. What is your superpower? Chris Singleton is a maybe doesn't wear a cape superhero, but he is a man with a superpower. His superpower is forgiveness. Chris, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about um, Sharonda Singleton. Yeah, that's my that's my hero. As I heard you talking mm-hmm. about superheroes, um, you know, no longer with us. Uh, but she was the provider, priest protector for our family. Uh, only got to live 45 years, but I mean, I enjoyed the 18 years that I had with her. So uh, I just hope I'm making her proud. So for people who don't know um, uh, your story and uh, and your mom's story, could you, I know you can, because it's like uh, the day that you describe as, uh, you know, as every day yesterday is June 15. Um, talk with us about um, about the 15th of June, 2015, or the 17th of June, 2015. 
Take us back. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a, uh, a baseball game that night and um, there was Bible study at my church and, you know, a small group gathered at Bible study like they do every single Wednesday night. And um, that's when a guy who was misled and misinformed to hate people that looked like myself walked into our church and he, he fired over 70 bullets with the you know intent to start a race war in this country. And I lost my mom. I lost my aunts, my, my church grandparents. And it was the most horrific thing one could ever imagine. Uh, it was not only for me, but I had a little 12-year-old brother, Caleb, a 15-year-old little sister, Cameron, who I had to break that news to and tell him that we wouldn't see mom ever again. So uh, to say it was horrific and terrible is an understatement because I don't know the words for how, how troublesome it was. So you were 18. Um, your sister um, was 15 and your little brother was 12. Do I have Correct. that right? So, and you were playing baseball. Um, you know, Chris, I, um, I like everybody else listening right now, can't imagine. We can't imagine that moment. We can't imagine that day. We can't imagine ever going back to that church. We can't imagine walking forward in faith and we can't imagine um, the forgiveness that is required and the strength of character to, um, to, to continue living and living well. Um, so talk with us about forgiveness um, and the role that forgiveness has played um, in your life since that day. Absolutely. Well, I, first, I will, I will uh, start with sharing how practical it really is, right? So my mom was literally... Uh, killed while she was praying in church. And so I think there's two ways you can go when that something like that happens. You can say, hey, there's no way God is real, or I don't think that God is real because it shouldn't have happened. Or you can say, God, I don't know why it happened or how it happened, but I, I know that only you can pull me through this storm. And I went with the latter, and my faith has just strengthened tenfold because I'd never really heard the voice of God in my ear before. You know, some people have that gift, I believe, and I, I don't. I don't have that gift, but you know, when I forgave my mother's killer, I knew for a fact that that was a Holy Spirit that was speaking through me. Because at 18 years old, if you would have told me, hey, Chris, you're going to forgive your mother's killer for taking her life while she's praying in church, I would have said, get out of here. You're crazy. There's no way in the world that I'm doing that. And when it happened and I said, I forgive Dylan Roof and, and love is stronger than hate. So if we just love the way my mom would. The hate won't be anywhere close to where love is. When I said that, I knew that it wasn't me. It was a, a, the it was the Almighty. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through me, and I realized that forgiveness is a choice at first, and then that's what starts the process. So we always talk about the process of forgiveness, but you first have to make the choice to say, "I want to forgive in my heart of hearts and my soul," because I know that on the other side of it, there's something that is greater for me and my family, uh, my faith, and in my life. If you're listening right now, uh, that's Chris Singleton. You can find him at chrissingleton.com. He's an inspirational speaker. He's a former professional athlete. And I think I'm old enough to say, and you not be offended, he's adorable. Um, <laughs> he uh, he came to this um, platform, this opportunity to speak to audiences across the country and around the world on topics of forgiveness and unity and reconciliation and resilience after the loss of his mom, um, at the 2015 Mother Emanuel Church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina, um, you have this message that love is stronger than hate. Um, and you deliver this message over and over and over again in such a compelling way. 
with such a beautiful, gentle spirit um, and this this call to love neighbor. Um, I just I'm so thankful for the message and I'm so thankful for you, the messenger. I appreciate that. Yeah, guys, bless the opportunity. So I'm just trying to just trying to steward them, you know, on the road about 120 days out of the year sharing. So um, the opportunities are there. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm pleasing him and uh, doing the good work and it's, and it's moving the needle. OK, so nine years. Um, you've grown up a lot since then. Um, tell us uh, where you are geographically and, you know, sort of what constitutes your family now at home. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm only, oh, it's only been seven years, but since then I, uh, I've been oh, married. You know, so I'm such, I'm so bad at math. It's I'm, all good. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, you're fine. So I, uh, I married my high school sweetheart. So she's been with me th- through oh, the I good, the that. bad, the ugly. Yeah. So we've got two beautiful kids, CJ, who's four, Caden, who's nine months old, uh, and just started crawling. He's a late bloomer. So we always joke around about that. Um, but they're doing extremely well, and they believe in me and my mission. Um, we live in Charleston, South Carolina. I won't move. Um, I've gotten opportunities to move, but this is home for me. This is where I want my kids to grow up. And so Charleston, South Carolina is home base. And like I mentioned, I'm on the road a decent bit, uh, about 100 to 120 days out of the year, sharing with different organizations, churches, you know, sports teams, uh, NFL, NBA, the whole nine yards. And the mission is about love, about unity and using our platforms to bring people closer together. So um, if you guys want to connect with Chris, you can do so at chrissingleton.com. If you want to invite him to speak at an event, um, you should, you should do so. Um, Obviously he is a a dear brother in Christ and um, has this not only compelling personal testimony, you just, um, you deliver it in a way with such strength and gentleness, and I genuinely appreciate that. Um, Chris, I want to um, I want to take a brief break, and when we come back. I just I want to ask you to uh, to talk about the the racial conversation as well, um, because Absolutely. you you live out of um, a, a different reality than I do, a different social location, but we are brother and sister in Christ, and this is the conversation that helps us get into another conversation in the culture that we have to get into um, and we have to get into consistently so that we can um, figure our way out of racism in America. So would you be willing to have that conversation with me in just a moment? I would love to. Wonderful. We're talking with Chris Singleton. We're talking about um, forgiveness on this day of forgiveness here at Faith Radio. And Chris is willing to go um, to a challenging place, which is a conversation about race and forgiveness in America. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Young and old, black and white Rich and poor, there's no divide You're the mighty, you're the powerless Singing, oh, oh, God, forgive us We testify as Christians to uh, the truth, the reality that we stand on equal footing with every image bearer of the living God at creation, at the cross, and in the kingdom. But when we live out our relationships, um, there is tension, there is a history that is regrettable, there is the need for forgiveness and reconciliation, certainly when it comes to black and white people in America. And there, we're just talking about skin color, but it's real. And so Chris Singleton here today to talk about um, his superpower, which is forgiveness. 
if you um, if you want to connect with Chris, I encourage you to do so. ChrisSingleton.com. Chris, this is a part of your message as well. Um, you and I are are different in some ways. I am a white woman in her fifties. You are a black man um, in his. Let me do the math. Twenties, late twenties, right? I know. Correct. This is where my my math is so bad. I apologize. Um, and and you have uh, a testimony, a witness, a way of talking about things that I think is essential for the conversations of the day. How do you have the racial reconciliation conversation um, with with people who invite you into it? Absolutely. Uh, I think first and foremost, I come at it with, uh, you know, an, in a non-pugnacious way. So the, the main thing I'm always asking people to do and I do, do myself is I, I listen to understand. I don't ever listen to tell somebody why they're wrong or where they're wrong. And, you know, it's hard to tell somebody that their truth is not correct because it's their truth. You know, so for me, I know that most young white males are not racist. That's just a fact. But there was one that took my mother away from me and I'll never see her again. And so for somebody to tell me, hey, you know, racism isn't there or it's, you know, it's minuscule. And that may be true in some aspects of life. But for me, my truth is that I lost my mom. And so the biggest thing that I always share is that everybody's got a story behind their stance. And so we take stances left and right or whatever it may be. And hopefully our stances are being taken biblically. Um, but when I think about Galatians 5.14, and, and it talks about how the, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you should love your neighbor as yourself. I think that I need to understand my my, my neighbor's story so then I can agree to disagree on their stance. For instance, so f- for somebody that, you know, maybe thinking this is just a, a light, a light way to think about it. You know, you, you love steak your whole life, right? You just love steaks, medium rare, you know, rare, whatever you like to do. And then you meet somebody that's a vegetarian. Instead of judging them based on their stance right there, there's a story behind why they, why you love steaks. Maybe you grew up and you guys used, you know, your dad used to have steak and it was once a month on, you know, first Sunday, whatever it was, it was just family time or for the other person, maybe that person's parents uh, had a sickness or a disease and so they couldn't eat meat. So their whole life, they never grew up eating meat. And so we automatically make assumptions based on based on where people stand instead of knowing their stories behind it. Same thing with race, right? We look at somebody and we see their skin color or we see the way that they, they dress or maybe their accent uh, if they're from a different country and we forget about their whole story. And my mission is to remind people that we don't choose our skin color. We don't choose our first language. We don't even choose our, our first name most of the time is given to us. And so we should never hate or judge people based on the things we simply, we all don't control. Yeah, there's three really powerful words um, in in conversations, um, and that's tell me more. Like, right, you are a tell me more kind of guy, and um, and I so appreciate that. You are listening, um, and you're inviting people to um, to talk. You're trying to understand where they're coming from. Um, I have a listener who is wondering right now, uh, does Chris um, go back? Has he been back to uh, the Mother Emanuel Church? And what does it what does it feel like to be in that space? And I think the question is also about redeeming places and locations. Mm, that's good. That's good. So I think at first I had, it, it had been so long since I went back to Mother Emmanuel, I actually go to a new church called Awaken Church here with our lead pastor, Pastor Brandon Bowers. Um, 
But I actually went back for the first time to worship in seven years, uh, two Sundays ago. Mm. And, um, you know, it was it was always a weird place for me because I, I, I lost my mama when I was 18. I lost my dad when I was about 19 and a half. Mm. And my dad's funeral was in was at Mother Emanuel. And so my first time coming back to Mother Emanuel was for my father's funeral. And that just was really, really, really tough for me. And it was there was an anxious feeling that I had towards the church for obvious reasons. Um, but when I overcame it was there was a youth event actually in the basement of our church where I lost my mom and we lost eight other beautiful souls. And uh, they wanted me to speak there. And I was so nervous, you guys. I was just anxious about it. But I knew that overcoming this fear would meant me stepping inside of the church. And so for me, uh, I did it. And there was a huge weight off of my shoulders. Um, and then, yeah, I just went back to church a couple of weeks ago or back to my, I guess, the church that I grew up in a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was good. It was it was good. It was definitely emotional because I just felt like, you know, the last time I'd really experienced that my mom was still still here. Um, but it was also freeing because, you know, I, I don't have that fear of, of Mother Emanuel stepping inside or that or the constant anxiety that I used to have about it. So. I was definitely freeing and I'm glad God gave me the strength to overcome and walk in. I, um, I regret that CJ and, and Caden aren't, um, you know, aren't going to get to be rocked by your mom. Like I, as a grandmother, like I totally get that for you as a dad, um, wanting them to know her. So I'm wondering if there is um, something from your childhood, something about your mom that you're able to bring forward into the life of your children. Um, <clears throat> I mean, not in a way that's explanatory because they're so little, but maybe in a way that's um, enacted or lived. Is there something that your mom did or maybe something that she cooked and you're like, that's already, I'm already weaving that into their lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, you know, my son is my son, CJ is four now. And so at four, you get a million whys and, and how comes. Right. So we're definitely in that stage. And so I always say that grandma's in heaven. Right. You know, my mom's in heaven. My dad's in heaven. And we talk about that. And we, we, we always say that, hey, they're in your heart is what I always say to my son. And uh, so I get a lot of questions. But the, the, the good thing about what I get to do is I actually write children's books. And in my children's books, I always include my mom as a character, as a photo, somewhere along the line, my mom is always included. So I actually just released my third children's book called Baseball Around the World. And uh, I'm a baseball guy. I got drafted by the Cubs. And in this story, we basically share the sport of baseball all across the globe. And I've got hopes that it'll bring people closer together. We call it America's pastime, but the game is played everywhere. And so when I read my stories, my, my son will see my mom's photo or he'll notice Miss Sharonda in one of the, uh, the the books that I write. So that's kind of how I introduce it um, to my little man. All right. I love that. Um, so if you go to love your neighbor, love your neighbor brand, love your neighbor brand.com. I'm trying to read it off of your, um, off of your Twitter feed right now. First of all, you can follow Chris on Twitter, C singleton underscore two, um, but you can uh, you can check out the baseball around the word world book and the love your neighbor brand T-shirts. Oh, you got all kinds of cool stuff. All right. So um, Chris Singleton is um, our conversation partner on this day of forgiveness. 
here uh, on Mornings with Carmen. Chris, what a delight and a joy. You guys can connect directly with Chris at chrissingleton.com. And yeah, we um, we love children's books and we love kids. So thank you so much for sharing that. What a gift. Chris, what a delight. Yeah, help me do the impossible, and that is uh, forgive. Let us be people who forgive as we have been forgiven. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Let, let, these, uh, let these verses light your way on this forgiveness day or day of forgiveness here. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Oh, Jesus, help us to forgive one another as um, as God forgives us. Um, help us live into the Lord's prayer today. Um, you know, we, we declare our Father who is in heaven. We hallow his name. We invite his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask him to give us this day our daily bread. And then, and then we ask, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So that as is not in the same way. It's not to su- suggest that I have to forgive those who sin against me in order to get God's forgiveness. No, it's God forgive me even as at the same time I am forgiving those who sin against me. God forgive me right now even as I am forgiving those who are sinning against me or have sinned against me. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's all about the glory of God. It all flows from the character of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God. It's all about forgiveness. Let us be a forgiven people, forgiven in Christ Jesus, who says from the very cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the kind of grace and mercy and forgiveness we need to extend to others today, recognizing that in Christ Jesus, that grace is extended to each one of us. Praying with you for God to break through today in forgiveness, for God to break through in grace, for God to break through in relationships. Let's turn to him. Let us be a people who are forgiven, who then extend forgiveness to others on this forgiveness day. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.